Welcome to today's meeting. I'm Fernando, an alcoholic. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, <clears throat> declining outside contributions. The Worth of Sobriety, 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 160. Again, for July 26th, Daily Reflections, every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. When I go shopping, I look at the prices, and if I need what I see, I buy it and pay. Now that I am supposed to be in rehab, I have to straighten out my life. When I go to a meeting, I take coffee with sugar, milk, sometimes more than one. But at the collection time, I'm either too busy to take money out of my pocket or do not have enough. But I, but I am there because I need this meeting. I heard someone suggest dropping the price of a beer into the basket, and I thought, that's too much. I almost never give $1. Like many others, rely on more generous members to finance the fellowship. I forget that it takes money to rent the meeting rooms, to buy milk, sugar, cups. I will pay without hesitation 90 cents for a cup of coffee at a restaurant. After the meeting, I always have money for that. So how much is my sobriety and my inner peace worth? Amen. So how can I jump on that bandwagon? <clears throat> yeah, one of the factors is, is uh, giving, make sure I take money for the group. And like any other uh, facility, it takes money for all that. So it's easy. Easy to, for Fernando to put money into the basket. No problem there. Years ago, I didn't have any, and I prayed, and finally my Social Security kicked in, and I was able to put in more and more and more. <laughs> All right, moving on ahead, we're going to read the 24-hour little book. Here it is. Today, Jude... July 26. Let's see what it entails for us today, for our recovery. When we come to the end of our lives on earth, we will take no material things with us. We will not take one cent in our cold, dead hands. The only things that we may take are the things we have given away. If we have helped others, we may take with that with us. If we have given our time and money for the good of AA, we may take that with us. Looking back over our lives, what are we proud of? Not that we have gained for ourselves, but what few good deeds we have done. Those are the things that really matter in the long run. What will I take with me when I go? Meditation for the day. Hallowed be thy name. What does that mean to us? <clears throat> Here, name is used in the sense of spirit. The words mean praise to God for his spirit in the world, making us better. We should be especially grateful for God's spirit, which gives us the strength to overcome all that is base in our lives, all that is evil in our lives. His spirit is powerful. It can help us to live a conquering, abundant life. So we praise and thank him for his spirit in our lives and in the lives of others. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may be grateful for God's Spirit in me. I pray that I may try to live in accordance with it. 
Amen. You know, that's a beautiful uh, reminder that that's where our fuel comes. Let's go ahead and do that. Let's go ahead and pray the Our Father to get our day started and, uh, and keep our meeting going. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, I'm going to jump gears here. I'm going to see what my sponsor Solomon from 3,500 years ago, what does he has to say for today? Uh, today, the 26th, I'll be reading Proverbs 26 from... Uh, Let's see, we'll, we'll go for the Message Bible, which is uh, it's cool. It's in today's vernacular. Fools Recycle Silliness, that's the title of it. We no more give honor of to fools than pray for snow in summer or rain during harvest. I mean, you can't cut the corn or or get the wheat out or work the uh, the tomatoes when it's raining. So we don't pray for snow in summer or rain during harvest. So we no more give honors to fools. It's amazing how much compassion we give to fools and then we give them honor and they turn around and they hurt themselves or they bite us. That's the way I was. You couldn't help me. I was a fool. I, I needed to learn my lesson. And God was working on me. You know, the people that were trying to help me were playing God. Finally, God got my attention through the 12-step program. Okay, verse 2. You have as little to fear from an undeserved curse as from the dart or a wren or the soup of a swallow. Amen. A whip for the racehorse, a tiller for the sailboat, and a stick for the back of fools. Ooh. Don't respond to the stupidity of a fool. You only look foolish yourself. Answer a fool in simple terms so he doesn't get a swell head. You're only asking for trouble when you send a message by a fool. A proverb quoted by fools is limp as a wet noodle. Ooh. Putting a fool in place of honor is like setting a mud brick on a marble column. Putting a fool in a place of honor. To ask a moron to quote a proverb is like putting a scalpel in the hands of a drunk. Hire a fool for or a drunk and you shoot yourself in the foot. As a dog eats its own vomit, so fools recycle silliness. Seeing that man who thinks he's so smart, you can expect far more from a fool than from him. Loafers say it's dangerous out there. Tigers are prowling the streets and then pull the covers back over the head. Just as a door turns on its hinges, so a lazy bones turns back over in bed. A shiftless slugger puts his fork on the pie, but he is too lazy to lift up to his mouth. 
Dreamers fantasize their self-importance. They think they are smarter than a whole college facility. You grab a mad dog by the ears when you butt into a quarrel that's none of your business. People who shrug off deliberate deceptions saying, I didn't mean it, I was only joking, are worse than careless campers who walk away from smoldering campfires. When you run out of wood, the fire goes out. When the gossip ends, the quarrel dies down. A quarrelsome person in a dispute is like a kerosene thrown in a fire. Listening to gossip is like eating cheap candy. So you want junk like that in your belly? Smooth talk from an evil heart is like lace on a cracked pottery. Your enemy shakes hands and greets you like an old friend, all the while plotting against you. When he speaks warmly to you, don't believe him for a minute. He's just waiting for the chance to rip you off. No matter how shrewd he conceals his malice, eventually his evil will be exposed in public. Malice backfires, spite boomerangs. Liars hate their victims. Flatter sabotage trust. Flattery sabotages trust. All right. Moving right on ahead, I'm going to read a few verses about the will of God. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraid it not, and it shall be given him. James 1.5 Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for wisdom. We ask you to give us insight and help us to be on the cutting edge, Lord God. Help us to be uh, diligent and good servants, Lord, good agents, Lord, and we get things accomplished for your glory and your honor. Amen. Psalms 32, 8 says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye, says the Lord. I will instruct you and teach you in which way you should go. I will guide you with my eye, says the Lord. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119, 105. When you walk down the street, the word shall lead thee. When you sleep, the, the word shall keep thee. And when you awake, the word will talk with you. For the word is a lamp, and God's law is a light, and reproofs of instructions are the way of life. Proverbs 6, 22 and 23. This book of the words, let it not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate day and night in it, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. And thy ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk you in it, when you turn to the right hand, and when you turn to the left. Isaiah thirty twenty one. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Psalm forty-eight fourteen. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts will be established. Proverbs sixteen three. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Psalm thirty-seven twenty-three. 
For thou art my rock and my fortress, therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. <clears throat> Psalm 31.3 Thou gavest also the good spirit to instruct them, and withheldest not thy manna from their mouth, and gave them water for their thirst. Nehemiah 9.20 The Lord has given us his good Holy Spirit to instruct us. He has not withheld his food from our mouths. He gave us water on our, for our thirst. Nehemiah 9.20 Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shalt go. Isaiah forty-eight seventeen. This is what the Lord says, Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord God, which teaches and instructs you how to profit, and leads you by the way that you should be going. Isaiah forty-eight seventeen. And the Lord shall guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And you shall be like a water garden and like a spring of waters that, whose waters fail not. Isaiah fifty-eight eleven. Howbeit it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall hear, he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. John sixteen thirty three. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Isaiah sixty five twenty four. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receive it, and he that findeth, seeketh, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened to him. Matthew 7, 7. And all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Matthew twenty one twenty two. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thank you for coming to today's podcast. Uh, this is the stuff I like. I hope you enjoy it too. Uh, let's go ahead and pray out with the uh, Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It's working. Welcome, everybody, to today's Zoom meeting class. I'm Fernando. I am an alcoholic. Let's go ahead and open with the uh, set-aside prayer, please. Lord, help me to set aside everything I think I know about you myself my fellow man and this program for a fresh new revelation in you lord with these steps with my fellow man and myself in jesus name amen all right we're going to start reading from uh top of page 24 
Uh, I'll go ahead and get it started. I'll read a couple of paragraphs, then Rick will follow through. Page 24. The fact is that most alcoholics, for reason yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness a sufficient force. The memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago, we are without defense against the first drink. The almost certain consequence that follows taking even a glass of beer do not crowd into the mind to deter us. If these thoughts occur, they are hasty and readily supplanted with the old treadbare idea that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There is a complete failure of that kind of defense and keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. You know, all that say to himself in the most casual way, it won't burn me this time, so here's how. Or perhaps he doesn't think at all. How often have some of us been drinking way and after a third or fourth pound on the bar and said to ourselves, for God's sake, how do I ever get started again? Only have that thought supplanted by, well, something sick string or what's the use anyhow. But this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendencies. He's probably pushed himself beyond human aid. Unless locked up, may die or go permanently insane. These target ugly facts have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout history and by the grace of God. We've been thousands of more convincing demonstrations. So many of us want to stop and get on. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of our shortcomings, which the process requires for a successful consummation. That, but we saw that it really worked in others, and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we have been living it. When, therefore, we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we have not even dreamed. The great fact is just this and nothing less that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, toward our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us, which we can never do by ourselves. If, if, if you were a serious alcoholic as we were, we believe that there is no middle-of-the-road solution. We're in a position where life is becoming impossible and if we had to pass in a region which there is no return to eliminate, we had but two alternatives. One is to go to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of the intolerable situation the best as we could. The other was to accept spiritual help. This we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. Uh, page 62, please. <clears throat> Selfishness, self-centeredness that we think is the root of our troubles. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-illusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past, we have made decisions based on self, which later places us in a position to be hurt. So our troubles we think are basically our own making. They arise out of ourselves as alcoholism, extreme example of self-will run right, though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, the alcoholic must be rid of this selfishness. He wants to kill us. God makes that possible. If, and, and if, if, 
And there often seems to be no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral, physiological convictions galore, but we could not live up to them. And even though we would like to, we neither we could reduce or reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying uh, on our own power. We had to have God's help. This is the how and the why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that thereafter, drawing our life, God was going to be a director. He is a principal. We are his agents. He is the father. We are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and his concept was the keystone to a new triumphant arch, which we passed through freedom. Them. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things follow. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter, we were reborn. And we were now at step three. Many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee, to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. Page 76, please. When ready, we say something like this, my creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray now that you remove me from every single defect of character which stands in my way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me the strength as I go out there and do your bidding. Amen. We have now completed step seven. Turn to page 86, please. On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially let it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, and self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is clear wrong motives. In, in thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. We, here we ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought, or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We are often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. We used to be the hunter of occasional inspiration gradually becomes working part of the mind. Being still an experience and just had big conscious contact with God. It is not probable that we are going to know or going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption of all sorts of obscured actions. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration we come to rely upon. It. We usually conclude this period of meditation with the prayer that has shown throughout the day what our next step is to be, and that we've been given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We especially ask for freedom of self-will and careful never to make no requests for ourselves only, but we may ask for ourselves, however, if others are to be helped, 
if we are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends, and many of us had wasted a lot of time doing that, it doesn't work. You can easily see why. If circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious denomination which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, Thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decision. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily, for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works, it really does. Turn to page 416, please. It helped me a great deal to become convinced that alcoholism was a disease, not a moral issue. I had been drinking a result of a compulsion, even though I have not been aware of the compulsion at the time. And that sobriety was not uh, was not a matter of willpower, but people of AA had something that looked much better than what I had. I was afraid to let go of what I had to try something new, and uh, there was a certain sense of security in the familiar. At last, acceptance has proven to be the key to my drinking problem after I've been around AA for several months, tapering off of pills and alcohol, of alcohol and pills. Not finding the program working very well, I was finally able to say, okay, God, it's true. Of all people, strange as it may seem, even though I didn't get my permission, really, really am an alcoholic source, so it's all right with me. Now, what am I going to do about it? Living in the, I stopped living in the problem and began living in the answer. The problem went away. From that moment on, I have not one single compulsion to drink. Amen. And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation has been exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I cannot stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and in my attitudes. Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. He forgot to mention that I was the chief critic. I was always able to see the flaw in every person, every situation. I was always glad to point it out because I knew you wanted perfection just as I did. AA and acceptance has taught me that there's a bit of good in the worst of us and a bit of bad in the best of us and that we are all children of God and that we have the right to be here. When I complain about me or about you, I am complaining about God's handiwork. I am saying that I know better than God. Years I was sure the worst thing that could happen to a nice guy like me is that I would turn out to be an alcoholic. Uh, today I find it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. This proves I don't know what's good for me, and I, if I don't know what's good for me, then I don't know what's good for or bad for you or anyone. So it's better off I don't get advice, don't figure, uh, I know what's best, and just accept life on life's terms as it is today, especially my own. And it actually is. 
before AI, I judged by, myself by my intentions, while my world, by, while the world was judging me by my actions. Acceptance has been the answer to my marital problems. It's through AA I've been giving me a new pair of glasses. Max and I have been married now for 35 years. Prior to our marriage, she was a shy, scrawny adolescent, and I was able to see things in her that others couldn't necessarily see. Things like beauty, charm, gaiety, a gift for being a top two, a sense of humor, and many other fine qualities. Uh, it was as it was as if I had, rather than a mind's touch, that would turn everything into gold. Uh, a magnified mind that could magnify on whatever it focused on. Over the years, I thought about Max and her good qualities grew and grew. We married, and all these qualities became more apparent to me. Uh, we were happier and happier. But then, as I drank more and more, the alcohol seemed to affect my vision. Instead of continuing to see what was good about my wife, I began to see her defects. And the more I focused my mind on her defects, the more they grew and multiplied. Every defect I pointed out to her became greater and greater. Each time I told her she was a nothing, she receded a little more into nowhere. The more I drank, the more she wilted. Then one day in AA, I was told that I had the lenses in my glasses backwards. The courage to change to the serenity prayer meant not that I should change my marriage, but rather I should change myself and learn to accept my spouse as she was. AA has given me a new pair of glasses. I can again focus on my wife's good qualities and watch them grow, grow, and grow. I can do the same thing with an AA meeting. The more I focus my mind on his defects, late stars, drunk, locker girls, cigarette smokes, the worse the meeting becomes. But when I try to see what I can add to the meeting rather than what I can get out of it, and when I focus my mind on what's good about it, then rather than what's wrong with it, the meaning keeps getting better and better. When I focus on what's good today, I have a good day. And when I focus on what's bad, I have a bad day. If I focus on a problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. Page 420, please. Perhaps the best thing of all to be remembered is my serenity level is universally proportional to my expectations. But my higher my expectations of Max and other people, the lower my serenity. I can watch my serenity level rise when I discard my expectations, but by my rights, try to move in. They too can force my serenity level down. I just discard my rights as well as my expectations by asking myself how important is it really? How important is it compared to my serenity, my emotional sobriety, and when I place more value on my serenity and sobriety than anything else, I have maintained it at a higher level, at least for a time being. Acceptance is the key to my relationship with God today. I never sit around do nothing while waiting for him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever in front of me that needs to be done, and I leave the results up to him, however it turns out. That's God's will for me. I must keep my magic magnifying mind off my acceptance and off and I must keep my magnifying mind on my acceptance and off my expectations. For my serenity is directly proportional to the level of acceptance. When I remember this, I can see I've never had it so good. Thank God for AA. Amen. Page 552. Thank God for AA. He said, in effect, if you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for that person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. If you ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. Ask for their help, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free. Even when you don't really want it for them and your prayers are only words and you don't mean it, go ahead and do it anyway. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find that you have to come to mean it and want it for them. And you will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, understanding, and love. 
it worked for me then, it worked for me many times since, and it will work for me every time I'm willing to work. And sometimes I have to ask for the God, ask for the willingness, but it too always comes. And because it works for me, it will work for all of us. And another great man says, the only real freedom a human being could ever know is doing what he has to do because he wants to do it. This great experience has released me from the bondage of hatred and replaced it with, with love. And it's just really another permutation of the truth. I know I get everything I need from Alcoholics Anonymous. And everything I need, I get. And when I get what I need, I find it's what, invariably what I'm just well, finding. It's very fine. <laughs> oh, God. I knew it was good time to say this one. I invariably find that it is what I just, what I wanted all the time. Amen. Page 100, please. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that things that came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have placed. Follow the dictates of a higher place, a higher power, and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter what your present circumstance. Page 83. If you're paying thinking about this phase of development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom, a new happiness. We will not regret the past or shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we have we will see how our experience can benefit others and a feeling of usefulness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our own fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. A whole attitude and outlook on life will change. Fear of people, economic insecurity will leave us and we will intuitively know how to handle a situation which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but they will always materialize if we work for them. Page 85, please. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle fall. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Not, not Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from Him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of His Spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further, and that means more action. Page 43, please. DN, beautiful, beautiful, wonderful readings. Thank you very much for coming in here today, Rick. Apologize, I was an hour late. <laughs> it's all right. All right, so right on. So we'll see you tomorrow, huh? See you tomorrow. All right, twelve o'clock. 
We'll see, we'll see you tomorrow, okay. Dad. We'll talk to you in the meeting. Oh, oh yes. Or we can see talk now. You can talk now if you want. Oh, well, I just wanted to tell you, because 